A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This podcast may contain adult themes, strong language, and stupid health advice. Listener discretion is advised. Oh, hi. Welcome back to In Bad Taste, where we cast a critical eye over health documentaries and the claims they make. Welcome back. I'm registered nutritionist Pixie Turner. And I'm cardiothoracic surgeon Dr. Nikki Stamp. Uh, Welcome back to the place where we protect you guys from having to watch health documentaries that are probably about as useful as stabbing yourself in the eye with a fork. We are on. (laughs) Don't stab yourself in the eye with a fork, please. Also, don't watch these documentaries. Now, look, we're on to our third episode already of the 2016 film Vaxxed. And we've already covered a little bit of the science. This week, we want to talk about autism because it's a really, you know, prominent feature in in this film. Um, And we want to talk a little bit about the stories about autism that are discussed in this film. We've discussed this before, but in case you missed it, one thing all of these films we've watched so far have in common are that they rely heavily on the stories of people, just average people, to get their point across. And Vaxxed is no different. Aside from the view of their so-called experts, who we discussed last week, Vaxxed presents these stories of families who have children with autism spectrum disorder. And the aim is to show how their lives have been affected. Yeah, look, and there's no two ways about it. These stories are uh, are heartbreaking. You know, the family presents some moments where you'd honestly have to be made of stone not to feel something for them. We're not debating their stories. We don't want to cast judgment on what they say happened or didn't happen. But what we do want to do is talk a little bit about autism, what it is, what causes it, how common it is, and trying iron out some of the misrepresentations that this film makes. Yeah, absolutely. Look, I work with people who are on the autism spectrum. I work with people who have who are suspected autistic, people who have been diagnosed. And as a result, also just also just in general, I found the sections on autism in this documentary especially frustrating. It made me quite angry in places. And it was probably the hardest parts to watch. Mm. But before we get into that, I think it's worth pointing out exactly what autism spectrum disorder is. Yeah, so I'm a cardiac surgeon. This is not my area of expertise. I've got family and friends who have children with autism. But I went and spoke to some of my colleagues who are developmental pediatricians or neurologists um, about to get their their take on things and, and get them to help me through you know, explaining and understanding a little bit more about autism. So autism spectrum disorder is basically a neurodevelopmental disorder 
And it has some characteristics, particularly problems with social communication, social interaction, certain behaviours such as restricted or repetitive behaviour patterns, interests and activities. And it's it's defined, it's criteria for diagnosis are defined by the DSM, which is the um, basically the, the, the manual, well, it is the manual for diagnosing psychiatric and some neurological disorder. And it's also known as pervasive development disorder in another uh, classification manual. It's, it's not uncommon, it, depending on the population you're looking at, depending on the country or the group of children or people, its prevalence ranges somewhere between 2 to 25 per 1,000. So it's not completely unheard of. And really interestingly, it's three to four times more common in boys than in girls. But um, like a lot of uh, medical issues, girls are often diagnosed later, partly because girls can adapt their social skills a bit more readily than boys. So it can kind of, you know, sneak through. And and we know in girls that there's a really strong genetic component. And um, the other thing that is known about autism is that it does tend to cluster quite strongly in families. So if you have a child who has autism spectrum disorder, the risk for other kids um, is about 10%. And that risk is a bit higher if that, that child is a boy. And there's some other associated syndromes such as um, tuberous sclerosis, fragile X syndrome, you know, a lot of genetic syndromes because about a quarter of cases are associated with a concomitant genetic syndrome. But all in all, the causes of autism are essentially unclear. We're not really sure what, what causes it. And it's probably... That when things like that happen, it means that there's not usually just one thing that causes autism. It's probably a, a combination of genetics. Um, it's associated with advanced parental age, maternal rubella, which I always find interesting because the very vaccine that people are um, campaigning against because it causes autism, which it doesn't, actually cause you know one of those diseases causes autism. There's probably an environmental factor in you know individuals who are, who have the genetic susceptibility, and and the brain is is not formed normally they have you know the connections between the different neurons so the brain cells are not quite normal they're atypical so all in all it's a, a really complex condition but i think one one well two things i'm going to say about autism which we can say for certain one it is not associated with vaccinations that is categorically true there is so much evidence to support that particularly the mmr not associated with it the other thing is that it is nobody's fault. <sighs> Families I know personally who have a child with autism, it is really tough on them. I, you know, and you see that in this film. And, you know, I can empathize that if I was a parent in that situation, I would really want to know what the hell happened. I want to know why it happened. Did I do anything wrong? Did someone else do anything wrong? Is there anything I can do to stop this in the future? I want to know that. But that being said, it is no one's fault. It is a condition that happens for reasons that are unclear at the moment. And I get that that's incredibly difficult for people. Hmm. I would add a third thing we know for sure onto that. And, and that is that we know that autism is not a fucking death sentence. Measles can potentially kill you. Autism is not a death sentence. I want to state absolutely clearly that getting a diagnosis of autism does not mean that your life is worthless or doomed. Mm. You are not broken or a problem in any way. And I use this language because this is the type of language that is used by a number of people in this documentary. And I found that incredibly infuriating. It does not take away from the fact that these kids deserve to be loved and supported and given 
all the support that they need in order to thrive. They are not worth less as a person. Mm. They are not broken. How can you say that these kids are, are broken? And I found this incredibly difficult to watch, really difficult because, you know, as we've said, I don't blame these parents for for vaccinating their kids, for not vaccinating their kids, for whatever it is. Mm. But I have to say, I found it really challenging to have huge amounts of compassion for these people when occasionally they were talking about their kids and using this language like broken, like they will never have a fulfilled life. And it really made me angry because in one case in particular, this woman was talking about her, her child and the child was sitting right next to her. And yeah. this was this was a particular case of a child with autism who it was quite you could quite clearly see that this this child had various capabilities that mm-hmm. they were able to understand language and had had linguistic capabilities. And he was sitting there and his mother next to him was saying how he was broken. And look, I understand her pain, I really do, but at the same time I just think it's so heartbreaking to hear just to see that and to hear that when absolutely no, these kids are not broken. They're just slightly different. That is all. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I, you know, one of the pediatricians I spoke to about this, you know, sort of talked about this is that our inclination as adults is to label people and label the world, calling people autistics and, you know, that that's their only defining characteristic as, you know, as a person. And you're right. that Or saying they're like Rain Man. Oh, I hate that. You know, it just takes away from, as you say, the fact that people with, with autism, you know, or any number of, of disorders or illnesses or whatnot are absolutely entitled to respect and love and life, you know, as much as anybody else. So, no, I agree. I found that really just sort of like grabbed me a few times when I heard that language, you know, damaged, broken, et cetera. I was like, oh, God, I just, I did not like hearing that at all. Mm. Yeah, because also these kids, I feel really sorry for them because they're going to grow up and one day they might find this movie and they might then watch and listen to their parents Mm. saying these things about them and I'm just like fuck yeah yeah. that's not gonna be very nice for them is it I mean that's gonna be potentially quite horrifying and like that's gonna need some therapy for sure because that's not the kind of thing you want to stumble across your parents potentially saying so that I was like oh I had I had some real difficulty with that for sure yeah no I, I yeah I concur me too yeah I think one of the things they talk about in this film there's a lot of myths perpetuated by about autism and one of the things that comes up repeatedly because they're trying to draw this association between these kids were normal they got their vaccines then they weren't and it is something that we need to discuss because I think that that kind of temporal relationship between the vaccine and the kids you know developing issues is is important so a lot of the time kids who get a diagnosis of autism will go will you know, have had subtle signs of these tendencies before they're actually diagnosed and it's just that you don't see them in hindsight. However, they reckon about a third of kids um, where there's kids who meet all their milestones, they're developing completely normally and then, you know, at around that one, one and a half year old mark, they regress. So they start to lose milestones that they'd previously attained like language. And it's it's not clear why this happens. It's probably due to, you know, really strong genetic influences. And like I said, it counts for about a third of cases with, with autism spectrum disorder. So 
I get that there's a time course that the kids have their vaccines not long after that they either change or they happen to get their diagnosis of, of autism and that's I have to say, you know, it's an unfortunate coincidence. Now, I get why people can see it that way. Um, And again, you know, I've mentioned this already, you know, when you've had, you know, something really dramatic happen, like your child having that diagnosis, it's really important for some people to seek out those answers. And that's a really obvious looking one. But it's, it's not explainable by the fact that they get vaccinations at that point, and then get this diagnosis. So um, I think that's a really big myth that needs to be dispelled. Yeah, absolutely. I think alongside that also, they they filmed a couple of families and a couple of kids. And I'm being careful about how I'm saying this, because I don't want this to come across the wrong way. But they, they chose their shots carefully. They chose the kids carefully. Mm. And they've deliberately and strategically chosen these people and this footage to have maximum emotional impact. And they are using these kids as props for their agenda, which I found really quite, uh, quite difficult. They likely filmed many, many hours with these kids and they could have taken shots of them just, you know, sitting, having lunch, reading a book, you know, just listening to music, just sleeping, just, you know, kid mm. stuff. But they've chosen these shots with various, you know, tantrums and where, where they, these kids are, to use their own quotes, being difficult. And this is very, very much a strategic move. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Life is full of awesome what-ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I mean... Once you recognize that, once you see that, and then you watch the rest of the the footage, it's like, oh, that's just, that's really challenging. I mean, I mean, also, I've seen people behave far worse on Love Island than these apparently difficult kids. <laughs> <laughs> just saying. Oh, yeah. I really don't like that show. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, it is, again, you know, we've talked about this a lot with this film because we stated at the beginning this film was really well made and that's one of the things that they use. They really try, not saying that it isn't, um, they do try 
try to portray fear around autism Um, and there is a lot of fear around autism you know particularly when you know we have people in this film you know there was um you know there's a couple of of experts in um (laughs) air quotes there who say that there is going to be any or there has been or there is an explosion in autism cases and one of those people was a psychologist um by the name of uh was her name doreen I can't pronounce name. Um, I didn't record that down. Yeah. So um, I didn't record her name. Sorry, it's my notes are just illegible. And um, the other person is a computer scientist um, by the name of uh, Stephanie Sheff, I believe. And they're both saying that there's going to be this explosion of cases. Um, Stephanie Sheff specifically says in 2032, um, one in two kids will have autism, 80% of boys. Doreen, the psychologist, said that, you know, she's just seen an explosion in cases. So there has been an increase in mm-hmm. rates of autism, particularly since the 1990s. Now, when we see rates of any illness increase, it's usually because of one of two reasons. The first reason is that that illness is actually becoming more common. So more people have it, okay, that, you know, there's... They're just catching it or getting it or developing it more often. The other reason that that illnesses or disorders can seem to increase is because we're finding them more, like we're getting better at making the diagnosis, and that's probably the case with autism. So a lot of studies on the epidemiology, which is the study of disease patterns and numbers around disease patterns, suggest that changes in the way we define those cases, the way our diagnostic criteria have evolved, um, have, you know, led to a significant um, increase in those cases. So we're getting better at picking it up. And there's also a lot of increased awareness around autism. So we have screening tools. We're on the lookout for it more often. So it might get diagnosed more frequently. And that's a good thing because when, when you get that diagnosis, it means that you can access services. It means that you can access appropriate, you know, treatment and programs and so on and so forth, which all in all tend to improve, um, improve people's quality of life. Now, at the same time as this, we've actually just to, you know, throw something else in there. We've actually seen increases in the, uh, the number of diagnoses of other neurological disorders, such as Tourette syndrome. Now, Tourette syndrome is another sort of, you know, neurological disorder. It's associated with tics, you know, which can be verbal tics. And people probably think of Tourette's, you know, is that when you sit around swearing all of a sudden out of a blue, but that's sort of a very um, stereotypical, you know, way of thinking about that. But it's, you know, it's a neurological disorder and anxiety as well. Um, And again, this is not because more people are getting it. It's because the diagnostic criteria have changed. And interestingly, no one's trying to tie Tourette's to vaccinations. Um, So, (laughs) or are they oh god is that just something that we haven't seen that exists in the corners of the internet somewhere (laughs) i gotta hope not i'm scared to google it um but you know basically the the claim that we're on this exponential increase where you know 80 percent of boys are going to have autism is not substantiated and not correct the other thing to say you know this sort of feeds back to what we said last week this is being talked about by a computer scientist. Okay, a computer scientist. I, I'm not quite sure what her um, interest or qualification is, is in making, you know, epidemiological predictions. The person who does that is called an epidemiologist, not a computer scientist. So, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> that's very, you know, it's a real fear mongering thing. You're thinking, oh my god, all of these boys are going to have this 
disorder with it, which I've just shown us pictures of, which is absolutely terrible. So um, that's a that's a no on that. That's not at all substantiated. Yeah, hard no for sure. Like you said, you know, we we have expanded the definition. We recognise that there is variation in terms of how something like autism can present between individuals. We are people are getting more accurate diagnosis because beforehand people might get an incorrect diagnosis of schizophrenia, for example. And um, correct, yes. The way they're talking about it is essentially equivalent to suggesting that the planets didn't exist until we looked into the sky and found them. Mm-hmm. That is essentially what they are implying. Like the planets definitely existed before we, you know, invented telescopes and explored the stars and had a look. And in the same way, autism has mm-hmm. been around and existed even even in times when we haven't been able to diagnose it properly. So, yeah, even before it had a name. Yeah, exactly. And you know what else really annoyed me about this psychologist is that uh, mm-hmm. she mentioned the word toxins. Uh, she said that oh, yeah, I, she said oh, that yeah. she thinks autism occurs because of quote toxic overload. And an inability to detoxify properly. What the actual fuck? Why are we listening to this person? She has just lost all credibility that she could have potentially gathered. No! Toxic overload? Yeah. Fuck off with your toxic bullshit. Not a thing. Um, so she she actually has published some of her research into her treatment. Look, she obviously cares very much about helping people with autism. You know, she runs a centre for it. You know, I think that's, you know, admirable. Um, but I think there have been people who have had some questions around the actual effectiveness of her treatment. So, you know, perhaps if she was not detoxifying people. Um, but, yeah, look, we don't like toxins as a, as a general rule on this show. Um, well, because science isn't a big fan of people misappropriating. Misappropriating? It's the science... <laughs> Science isn't really a fan of people misusing the word detoxing to mean something that it definitely does not actually mean. Yeah, we could probably do a whole episode on detoxification and why it's not really a thing. We kind of did, but coffee... Oh, but coffee, we did. Yes, that's true. Um, <laughs> but yeah, um, the yeah. Look, like I said, you know, I think you know her obvious commitment to to caring for people with autism is very admirable, but her claims aren't aren't really supported by the science in, in this case. She's not the only person that sort of um, brings out some false claims. One of the other ones I found really frustrating here is a gentleman in the film by the name of Mark Blacksaw, who's an author. Apparently, his daughter has autism. Um, he says he says this really clearly. He says autism isn't genetic because he said that no one else in their family has it, so it can't be genetic. So genetics 101, um, that's not how your genes work. There are lots of different ways that you can inherit your genes from your parents. You can even, you know, we think that we're all 50-50, you know, 50% our, our dad and 50% our, our, you know, our mother, but that's actually not even accurate. You know, we get, we get, Every time we our cells divide, and the most obvious way when cell division occurs is when um, a sperm fertilizes an egg, and it divides repeatedly and repeatedly and repeatedly until there's an actual human, and that actual human gets born. Now, in that process of division, those genes can do their own thing because there's just so many times when you're replicating. Imagine if I asked you to write out something on the blackboard a thousand times, like eventually you'd make a mistake um, or you'd make something different or you'd change some words around. And that's kind of what happens. So there are, just because you don't have this sort of, you don't have a mother or an uncle or a sibling who has autism, that doesn't 
preclude the fact that your genes are involved. And there are a number of established genes that increase the risk of autism spectrum disorder. And interestingly, you know, we know that that boys are more likely to have it. It suggests that it could be related to the X chromosome. Now, X chromosome is cool. I think it's cool. I'm going to be a nerd for a second. Go for it. Can I? <laughs> oh my God, she enables me so much. Um, so, you know, your X chromosome comes from your mother. You don't inherit that from your father. We all get one X chromosome from our mother and then we get either an X chromosome or a Y chromosome from our father because men's are XY, women are XX. So when something is predominantly in in boys and in male male children, um, it suggests that the inheritance comes from the mother. It comes from the X chromosome, and that's the case with autism. So in some cases, it might be that that's where the the genetic problems are found. But you know, really, we know that there are a lot, a lot, a lot of genes involved. Um, some of them will definitely, you know, will more likely. I should say to result in autism some are less likely you might need several of these you know genes that predispose you to autism you might need the genes and some sort of environmental hit such as something that happens you know when you're in utero so there's a whole bunch of things going on but the claim that autism isn't genetic is very very easily disprovable and that claim is is just not at all on Beautifully said. <laughs> it's it's not it's not as straightforward as it's made out to be in the film. Are we surprised? No. No, because that's generally what they tend to do. Yeah, exactly. I mean, exactly. I mean, I think, you know, we've sort of said this repeatedly, but you know, apart from the 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 facts that are being misrepresented here, the the way it's all being described, they've got they're using fear to to uphold their facts and it's just it's just not it's just not the case. And I just I find I found this discussion around the film um the same as you you've said a few times now that I I found it I found it really hard to watch. Uh and not just because they were, you know, sprouting all this absolute rubbish, but because because they were doing it using children and using fear, um, and it made me really, really uncomfortable. Mm. So I would really encourage people to go and seek out positive information, as in positive role models, I suppose, for want of a better term, people with autism. Um, there are plenty of those around um, and try and, you know, change the narrative a little bit and try and take some of that fear out of it. Absolutely, because autism is not a death sentence. You could absolutely have a fantastic life and you are 100% worthwhile and wonderful as a human being, no matter whether you have an autism diagnosis or not. And of course, above all, don't forget, vaccines don't cause autism. Mm -hmm. Vaccines cause adults <laughs> because people die. People die from these diseases that we vaccinate against. People really do die. Measles kills people. Polio kills people. These things are dangerous. Vaccines cause adults. Mm, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and, you know, as always, you know, if you if you have concerns, if you're, you know, got kids and you're not quite sure what to do, please go and seek your information from your doctor, from the World Health Organization, from your um, local health care provider. Don't go and get this from social media. Don't get it from these documentaries. Um, you know, I hope that we've been able to to demonstrate that a lot of this 
a lot of the way this information is presented is, you know, one, it may not be true, but also it is designed to evoke an emotional response in you. So look at it critically, you know, question it um, and just try and think about wh- where is this information coming from? Is it coming from your mother's group? Is it coming from Facebook? It's It doesn't hold the same weight as information that's coming from a reputable source. So please be sure to make an informed decision with the right information because misinformation we say this a lot on here misinformation is not empowering absolutely so if you need to get any kind of advice on vaccinations yeah please talk to your doctor or visit the world health organization website which is listed in the show notes now next week we have a very exciting episode because we have a guest joining us and if you want to find out who it is you're just gonna have to wait and see All we will tell you is that this person is fantastic and we're very excited. So, so excited. I cannot wait for this chat. I've been... Let's try not to fangirl too hard. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, they might. They might. uh, They might have to listen to our fangirling. So we apologize. Um, But look, you know, thank you all for joining us uh, again this time. I hope that I hope that, you know, this has been a a well-rounded conversation about what's, you know, a really tricky topic. Um, In the meantime, though, please don't forget to leave us a five star rating because that's how people will find our little podcast. And of course, please tell your mates. Now, if you have questions or comments, you can get in contact with us on email in badtastepodcast at gmail.com. And we do like hearing from you. um, So please drop us a line, um, but be nice. As always, you can also find us on our socials pixie is at pixie nutrition and i am at dr nikki stamp and we will leave you references and links in the show notes as always wonderful so next week join us for a special interview where we discuss why conspiracy theories are so popular and why people fall for misinformation it's going to be a really interesting one join us then bye I work with people. Fuck, I've lost my notes. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.